This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Genevieve Sims. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Martha Shonaway, the owner of Tangent Tees, a company that focuses on athletic shirts for plus-size people and smaller. Martha, good to see you again. Thanks. It's good to be here. You always got a great smile. <laughs> well, you know, it's my caffeinated personality. I like it. It works well. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Eminger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And I am your co-host for the day, Genevieve Sims, owner of the Evolve Firm, where we specialize in brand development, social media, and web development. Genevieve, great to see you again, as always. Always excited to be here, Mark. She always gets the best dressed. Uh, host I know. Right? She's fantastic. I love it. It's a little the- chilly today. You know, you got to... Rest yep. for the weather here. Yeah, yep. even when your daughter came in, she was so well dressed. I mean, oh, just yeah. like really but she, she loves her blazers. She dresses herself. I wonder where she now. gets that from. <laughs> it's your your personal brand development. <laughs> yes, I see where you there go you go. That. My mini me's got it. <laughs> All right, so the Let's Talk Business podcast now has over 17,000 subscribers on YouTube and thousands more across other social media platforms. And we are now bringing our fans and guests of the show together in our exclusive Patreon community where you can get access to our show content and chat rooms where you can ask questions, make recommendations, and connect with folks in the Let's Talk Business podcast community. You can get uh, exclusive content not found anywhere else, such as the After Show and our weekly podcast recap, where we provide insight and talk about behind-the-scenes events that impact the show. And you can get early access to official Let's Talk Business events, such as our quarterly mixer. And, of course, we're going to have more to come as we continue to build this uh, community out. Super excited to actually bring that podcast into a a more community focus where we're connecting everybody. Now, the community is hosted on Patreon, which has been around since 2013 and has a very friendly app that you can easily access the podcast podcast community on your phone or use any browser on your desktop computer. So if you'd like to be a part of the Let's Talk Business podcast community, head over to our website at satalkradio.com and click on the link to get started. All right, Martha, it's good to see you again. Um, You came in last time because you work with uh, Pause for Purple Hearts, a fantastic organization. I honestly got a little choked up at one point. You didn't see it, but oh, I no. held it back. Oh, no. It's just because it's it's very endearing, the work that you guys do over there. Uh, yeah. Being a veteran myself, and I know you're a veteran as well. Go Navy. Um, so it's great. But now we're in here to talk about the business that you're really kind of – this is how you're going to make your living, right? Yeah. Is, is this the only thing you're doing as far as revenue goes to make money? Is this business, or do you have like a no, side so, gig or so my, job? So my full-time employment is with Pause for Purple Hearts. Okay. I'm their site manager there. And then this is my side venture that I would eventually like to become um, a larger piece so then I can donate my time and volunteer with nonprofits. Right. Make a, make a living and a life at the same yeah. time. I love that. That's how <laughs> Howie says it anyway. All that's right. A, so let me, talk, let me talk a little bit about your so certified PMP. What is that? So that is a project management professional. Okay. So if someone sees a problem, we're the kind of people who can work through all of the steps, figure out a better way to go about it, and make sure that you circle back and... Um, really make the best program or project possible. Cool. Uh, you got a bachelor's in business administration, a master's in public administration. Yep. Uh, you're finalist in the 2023 Second Service Foundation Military Entrepreneur Challenge, which is one of the main reasons I got to tell just being honest, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you in here is because <laughs> I don't think enough people know about that. And, yes. and I know you competed in that. So we want to talk about that. Yeah. So as we get into this, um, let's start with your background, kind of what you know, your professional background, what led you to where you're at now? Yeah. So as it relates to business, um, when I got out of the military, I was really looking for a community. So I kind of tripped into business, if you will. 
I couldn't find um, the larger shirts for athletics. When I went to sign up for a 5K run with my friends, I couldn't find one of my size. I'm like, well, that's really a bummer. Like, this is a pretty large industry. The U.S. has larger people. Um, it's like an $86 billion industry. Um, where Where is this? Eh, I'll find it someday. Fast forward to this year, and I'm like, okay, it's time to actually do this. But I didn't want it to be a uh, like a passive income or like a let's just make money with this. I wanted it to focus on community. So um, I decided to make it community focused by intentionally connecting people and intentionally being inclusive in every way, every way possible. Um, and it, so the 2023 second, okay, this service foundation <laughs> military entrepreneur challenge, right? This is a mouthful, yeah. right? Um, so give me a little bit of background on what that is and yeah. how did you find it? I tripped into it. So, okay. <laughs> what a I love it. Out. I know. I do, I do a lot of searching and research. I'm a real research nerd. And so I was looking online, no specific search engines there. And um, I was looking for different things to help me start and kind of kick off my business. Um, because with my spouse, I was really intentional with not trying to mix finances, like personal finances and business. And I really wanted to set myself up for success in that way. So I was like, okay, what resources are there for veterans? All right, there's some. What resources are there for small business owners? There's some. A lot of these don't mix. Okay, what are there for women? What are there for minorities? What is out there? And I found the Beyond the Battlefield Conference, which is a conference up in Arlington, Texas, um, for military and military-affiliated small business owners, primarily. And that is where I learned about the Second Service Foundation. So I went onto the website, and I'm like, okay, what is this conference about? Maybe I can learn something there. Then I found Second Service, and I'm like, wait, they have this pitch competition. I don't know what that is. Let's, let's read more. And <laughs> yes. so I dug into it, you know. And I'm like, wait, this is something I could do. You know, if nothing else, for practice, right? It's not huge risk, but, you know, what's, what's the worst thing that could happen is I practice, I learn some new skills, and I move on to the next thing. But I met so many great people there, and all these veterans were in military spouses were working together to help each other's businesses grow. So finding that, that was exceptional. Um, mm -hmm. It's valuable. And yeah, it's super valuable because everyone has different skills and most had a really common goal of giving back to veterans, giving back to the community, and helping each other. It's not about stepping on each other. It's not about making millions yeah, and just doing whatever you can to get there. collaboration there, right? Yeah, the collaboration. Yeah. It was huge. Um, and so with that one, I got to the top uh, three contestants. I think there were about 12 of us. Wow. So... When I made it to those top three, I received $1,000 in um, capital from Second Service Foundation and with their partners, and that qualified me to go to uh, Las Vegas to the Military Influencer Conference, another amazing wow. resource with yes. lots, <laughs> lots of collaboration, and um, I got to pitch again in front of a larger audience and met a lot of um, other people and made some new relationships there. How did you prepare for the bigger one? Did you watch a lot of Shark Tank? No, so I am admittedly a Shark Tank fan. <laughs> I am too. I'm a sucker, and I'm like, wait, how did they prepare? What did they do? Okay, there's all this juggling. You know, some of those acts are really, like, flashy, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, that's cool, but they're not super interested in the flesh. They want to know the numbers. They want to know the, um, the brass tacks of it. So the way I prepared for both was a little bit different. I wanted to know who my audience was. 
like knowing your audience, what your target audience is, is huge. So we have, um, we had a smaller like preliminary, right? You're in front of this panel of judges. Okay, well, I'm not pitching to the average veteran. I'm not pitching to the average customer. I'm pitching to business people who are experts in their field, who want to know how I can make this work and that I know what I'm talking about and I know how to tackle the tough parts. So I tailored how I talked about it, because I only had two minutes, how, what I talked about, how I talked about it, and let them know that I can also connect to people. So that's what I focused on for the judge panel. Then when I went to go pitch it to the larger audience for in front of a few hundred people, then I tried to connect with the audience as they're associated with the military and as they want to connect to community. Wow. And, and when it comes to being in front of a bigger yeah. audience, I mean, how were your nerves when you stepped on that stage? Um, on fire? Yeah. <laughs> my nerves were... Uh, my nerves were running wild. Um, in front of the judges panel, I was a lot more confident, a lot more it comfortable. Smaller. It was smaller. Right. And it was intimate. It was very specific set of people. I knew what their backgrounds were because I could see, okay, these are the judges for the competition. You got to research fields. it, right? Yeah, even mm -hmm. if I just look at their, their title and company, I already know this is kind of what they're going to think about, right? Um, but I didn't have that chance with a larger audience. And I'm like, wait, how do I connect to them? And that was harder for me. Mm -hmm. So that, that personal connection and building a relationship with somebody is really hard. Absolutely. <laughs> for Absolutely. that huge group. So, um, All right. Well, good job yeah. doing that because that's yeah, not easy, right? Yeah, congratulations on that. So yeah, let's, that get in, let's get into your business a little bit. So yeah, how your business model works um, because yeah. I mean, there's lots of folks out there doing T-shirts and stuff yes. like that. Your niche is the the plus size yes. and, and smaller. And smaller, yeah. Okay. I didn't and athletic. Want to, yes. Okay. Yeah. So then let's build on like um, what are the minimum orders? How are they made? Let's get into yeah, that. For sure. So what I did was I contacted some suppliers. I originally wanted to keep everything um, made in America or um, only using veteran or veteran-associated sources. Turns out that is exceptionally hard. Oh, yeah. I couldn't find a single fabric manufacturer that could produce what I wanted that was veteran-owned or associated. I couldn't find a cut-and-sew company where you provide them the fabric and they actually sew the shirts together. I couldn't find one of those that's veteran-owned or affiliated that was able to do what I wanted. It's just, if it's there, we can't find it. It's so hard for us to find what probably exists. So... I had to go overseas, which I'm fine with. Um, it just kind of pivot, right? Mm -hmm. So I identified exactly what I wanted out of the shirt, the fabric quality, the content, down to the thread and the feel of the fabric, the where I want the seams, the whole nine yards. So I have those shirts created for me overseas, shipped to me, and then I have the designs for them that I create, and then I send them to a um, direct-to-fabric or a DTF um, creator here in San Antonio and I've tried out a couple different folks so mm -hmm. I know you know right. what the quality right. is and what I'm getting turnaround and all that then I take the shirt and the designs and my logos and then I attach them to the shirts through a heat um, press and then I do all the quality testing myself I do the okay can this survive 60 washes guess what this shirt is going to live in the wash machine everybody <laughs> um and then I fulfill orders, I package, I ship, I do all of that. So I basically take the pieces, assemble, 
package ship customer service myself. Wow. Yeah. Well, what is your plan to future scale this? Because yeah. it's going to obviously be a big success. Yes. So hopefully sooner rather than later. We'll, we'll see yeah. how things go here. I'm pretty <laughs> excited. Um, and you, uh, the other thing you mentioned was minimum order. Minimum order is one. That's it. It's obviously more co- cost effective with shipping to do more than that. But my, the minimum order for a customer is one. My minimum order for purchasing the shirts that I want is 200 so I, I have to put some skin in the game, right? Um, to scale it, um, it depends on which part grows first. So with the transfers, I, I'm going to keep those local as long as I can, but I know what their capacity is. But I already have um, local to Texas suppliers identified who can do larger quantities, faster turnarounds, that type of thing. Um, and the same for the shirts. I just have to order bigger, put a little more skin in. Um, and as far as the customer service shipping order fulfillment, that I have to see how fast we grow. But my plan is to hire military or military affiliated people. So like uh, Blue Star families, Gold Star families, um, and keep it local to Texas so that we can keep the personal touch on customer service. So it's yeah. really important Ooh, to me yeah. that you're getting the package. It's it's quality. You have this little postcard that says, hey, here's, a, here's how you said you wanted to connect to the community. Here's a group that does that. Or here's this person you can go talk to. Including that in the process is super important to me. Wow. I'm curious how you yeah. keep up with, yeah. so the Made in America by yeah. veterans, right? But then the price is going to be higher. It yeah. just is, right? Yeah. And, and everybody seems to be like sensitive to inflation that's going yes. on. We're seeing it everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's so, everywhere for sure. People are looking for ways to cut costs on things. I know mm-hmm. my wife's paying attention to every single penny that, that goes out, right? Yep. So what are your thoughts there on like um, how you're going to be able to compete doing this where if somebody else came in and they're like, as long as the quality's yeah. there, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Yeah. Um, but they're going to base it on their marketing efforts locally yeah. and maybe their nonprofit and stuff like that that they're doing. So what's your plan to compete there? So my plan is to be transparent with how I'm spending my profits, kind of almost to the tune of a nonprofit. I want people to know where their money is going, um, who it's benefiting, and that they're getting a quality item. But I'm also going to let them know that that might not be for them. If they can't afford this, I don't want them to buy it. I want them to focus on themselves and making sure they are healthy, that they themselves, their family is provided for. Um, And I think that being honest and sensitive to the fact that we all have financial struggles or concerns, um, I think that that will go somewhere. And I think that that will help me um, in the process. Well, certainly if you're paying attention to quality, that's going to be a factor, right? And then customer service is also a factor because people are looking more and more for customer service. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. All right. um, So why did you... What was the big tug on you for entrepreneurship? Why? I mean, because you can get a job, right, yeah. and, and do stuff, but why entrepreneurship? Because I saw something that wasn't being done, and I saw people being excluded completely unintentionally. Nobody realized it was happening except the people it was affecting. And um, plus-size people, especially if it's a plus-size person of color or another minority, they're not going to say anything about it because that's so far down on the list of, like, Maslow's hierarchy, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so far down there that it's like, yeah, I'm not going to spend energy on that. Just from talking to so many different people. And it's, um, 
it's it's something that I decided that if I wanted it to change and I wanted to be accepted for who I am and I want my neighbor to be accepted, accepted for who they are, I can't wait for someone else to do it. I'm just going to have to do it myself. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I have some of the skills needed. I will find other people who can fill those gaps, but I'm just going to have to do it. That's what entrepreneurship is really about, right? Solving problems, seeing the need and filling that gap. And I love what what you just said there. When you're creating a business, especially with a special niche like yours, you're really looking for how to improve somebody's life, how to improve and how to make sure that what you're bringing to the table is something that you're reminding them also that, hey, you're part of this community. You're going to be included and here's how we're going to do it. So I love how you said that. Thank you. So how are you growing your business? Where are you really focusing in on? Right now, I'm focused on getting all of my ducks in a row because we are launching this month. Yes. Congratulations again. This is a big month for you. It is such a big month. (laughs) Like I've got, I've got all my domains funneled. I've got this lined up. I'm Mm -hmm. getting my orders in. I'm getting my, my shipment, my first large shipment of the custom shirts should be here this week i'm super excited how many shirts coming in 200 okay yeah so um i got a little skin in the game there right at the end of the year and um how i plan on growing it is meeting the need where it shows up so how are you marketing though i know you're a networker yep i am so. i'm a big networker. Uh, that was gonna be my next yeah. question mark so, Sorry. so <laughs> no no you're so the, good i'm always asking about marketing we think i'm alike, always yeah. about marketing yes. so the networking part is actually super helpful for shirts that are not my target customer so for example um we have someone in common that i talk to about they have a race coming up they're like well i want to have some size inclusive shirts cool i can help you with that that's not my target, right? But that's something that I can do on the side to help me reach my goal. Um, so I'm not going to market for those types of orders, but I can fulfill them as I have the time, right? Um, for the actual target customer, social media, especially uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok is going to be the last one I tackle because I'm no lie, <laughs> it is not my thing. It's actually <laughs> like, a lot easier. You no, know, I know. Think. So I just referred somebody oh my gosh. to a lady that I know that she makes viral TikTok videos. That's yeah. her thing. Yeah. And it's like she's she's growing really fast here in San Antonio. I have to defer to someone like that for their expertise because I'm the type of person I I want to focus on the business side of it, and I will hire. I will do whatever I need to to let someone else fulfill that part. <laughs> um, because I think the three platforms I'm, not, I'm on is kind of my max personal capacity. Like, I just won't be able to divide my time. And fairly. where yet? Facebook, LinkedIn? Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Like, that's kind of my, that's my max. <laughs> but currently for purchasing, it would be oh, online, right? Yeah, is I'm sorry. Yeah, you know? so through my website, uh-huh. website uh, tangenttees.com. But Facebook, surprisingly... There's a huge running community. There's a huge plus size running community. And that's where I started. And I think that's that's my key to success is letting people see me for who I am and why I'm there, not just another T-shirt company. They're like, I'm not even going to click on it. Why bother, right? There's so many Facebook ads or different brands that have their constant promotions, right? They're always um, kind of that search engine optimization part, which is great for them. But I don't even think I need to go that far. 
Now, personal branding, right? It's that connection between you, which is what you're trying to do. You're trying to connect you, the local community, your passions. And then it's like, that's the one you want that people want to buy from. Exactly. They're going to want to buy from you as opposed to you trying to sell them. be very intentional. Yeah. And I want to be intentional with finding my customers too. I Mm -hmm. don't, I don't think my shirts are for everyone and that's okay, but I want everyone to feel like they belong in it. Like they would belong in my community. Like they are welcome no matter who they are. Okay. So and you said everything was open to asking. So I, I yeah. want to, I'm curious. <laughs> what I'm the, an open uh-oh. book. <laughs> what's the profit margin on the shirts? By the time yeah. you get done, you know, wh- wh- what's the price and then what's your markup need to be? I'm told 30% needs to be, you know, your That's ROI. That's the average. Yeah. In order to make it worth it. But mm-hmm. so where are you at? So because it, my minimum order from my supplier is so small, my ROI is smaller until I grow. So a shirt, just just buying the shirt completely blank is $10 because of the quality of the fabric and the size. So if I were to buy a size small shirt from that supplier um, in a lower quality, it would be $3. But because this is a better quality and it's up to a size 5XL, I'm modeling my pricing on the cost of the 5XL because that 2 to 5XL is my target customer. Um, and I don't think they should have to pay more based on their size. So I'm trying to even it out and absorb a little bit of it so that they know that I understand the difference. Um, so it's $10 for the shirt. On average, I spend about $2 on uh, packaging and sh- um, packaging and branding that goes on it. So there's your $12. And then depending on the design, between $0.50 cents and $1.50 for um, the, the design that goes on the shirt. So it's a pretty high cost per item um, for now, but I'm hopeful in two years that I can cut that down by about 30%. So what's the profit on it, though? What the are you going to pro- make? The profit, so I'm oh, sorry. What do you sell it I for? I have to write things down. So what I, what I sell it for is $29.99. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's a premium shirt. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's actually so, a great deal. Yeah, for athletic shirts. For it yeah. lasting, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the yeah. thing too. If they get the longevity out of yeah. it, right? It's not, it's not just one like you're going to throw away or like a race shirt that it pills or you're like, oh my gosh, get yeah. this off my skin. Yeah, I wanted. I don't like the idea of fast fashion where it's you buy a shirt and you you throw it out after a couple Which wears. Which is so common right now. That's what everybody's yeah. pushing the fast fashion. Yeah. And that quality is just going out the window. Yeah. Well, it might be cute for that one event. Like, do you really need it or could we find a way to right. make it unique another way? Right. I so, think you're bringing that back around. I think, you know how they say fashion comes back every yeah. 10 years, right? That's actually coming back around now that you're starting. That's why there's a lot of smaller boutiques that are really focused on specific niches just because they want to bring that quality back into the circle. Yeah, it's really nice to see other small businesses doing that and doing it well. And I'm super excited to see everybody grow with it. Yes, absolutely. Well, are you going to go into shoes next too? No, no, no. no. <laughs> no um, are we sh- going to expand further and do the whole wardrobe? <laughs> I mean, shoes would be cool if there are some other brands out there that are interested in doing more fun colors for wide widths. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, I mean, I have to, for example, I have to buy men's shoes because I have bigger feet. I really? am a sturdy, sturdy person. Wow. <laughs> so my, my shoe options for my running shoes? Is very limited. Black, wow. blue, and gray. Occasionally a neon yellow or orange 
like detail in it. Wow. And I'm like, I like color. You yeah. wouldn't know by, based off of today, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, I like color. I like being seen. I like other people to be seen. And uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for some of those boutique businesses Absolutely. to kind of capitalize on that and bring more people in. Yeah. I used to actually, one of my first jobs was working at Nordstrom's in oh, Hawaii. Wow. And back then, Nordstrom's in Hawaii only had the shoe department. We didn't have the full department store. Oh, wow. That came after I left Hawaii. But one of the things that I love about Nordstrom is their customer service. They mm-hmm. excel. They've done they always go above and beyond. Yeah. And one of the things that they would do, because it was common in Hawaii, was that they would split a shoe. Because there's some people that would come in and they'd be a half size bigger oh. or a full size bigger. Or one would be wider than the other. So they would actually split a shoe to help the customer, which I thought, I've never seen that anywhere else. That is ever so cool. Since. But that's one of the reasons why I love Nordstrom's is because they listen to their customers. They listen to what's needed. And they're actually willing to lose a little bit yeah. just to help that customer because now they come back all the time because they wow. know where to go. That's really cool. So it's, when you talk about, hmm. you know, finding a need and finding that niche and being able to fulfill and have the resources to fill that gap, Absolutely. That's what people are looking for. Yeah, I agree. All right. uh, If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So they can find me on my website at tangenttees.com or email me at hello at tangenttees.com. All right. Awesome. As we wrap up this show, a quick reminder, check out our latest podcast or catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. For those of you on the Patreon community, we're going to be getting into the after show, which I know there's a little bit left on the cutting room floor that we're going to get into. So... Uh, That's going to be it for us for this one. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Thank you. Bye, everybody.